0: Wayne capture host for Behind the Wing. This is the 315th Airlift Wings official podcast and we're excited to be here. I'm with my co-host technical sergeant Bobby Pilch. Bobby I think we've got a good show today. Yes, Major. I I agree. We've got some amazing stories to tell, and we've been
1: quite busy here at the wing.
0: Yes, it's been extremely busy. Well, we can't tell which way is up. Sometimes we're still coming off that winter down slope, but it's the weather's starting to look nice in Charleston, and boy, ops tempo is continuing to rise. I
1: believe definitely. We've traveled a few places, and we've had some amazing events take place here at the wing and so uh, our folks are going to hear about that coming up soon
0: yeah i think this show we've got we've got a fun show today we're going to be talking about community relations yes which so is very important. community relations and reaching out to the community our first story is i got a chance to get out of the studio and go talk to some folks at our annual tuskegee airman career day so you'll get to hear about that here in just a minute as well oh fantastic looking forward to it then michael dukes will join us in the studio and we'll talk news and all things three fifteenth related And then we're going to talk South Korea and the Winter Olympics, and that's got to be near and dear to your heart. Yes, looking forward to it. We just
1: got back, so lots of stories to share as it was very exciting
0: being all the way across the globe. So let's just jump right into our first story. I had an opportunity... Bobby to actually go over and talk to some of the organizers of our Tuskegee Airmen Career Day that we had not too long ago. And we had about 100 and 125 local high school and middle school boys from the local area to discuss African-American contributions to aviation and actually show them what kind of careers are available in aviation, not just the Air Force, but in aviation in general in the Charleston area. So take a listen right now i'm at the charleston club and we're pulling it out of the studio for just a little bit and i'm here with chief master sergeant Jahad kareem and we're going to be talking tuskegee airman career day today it's something unique that the 315th airlift wing does so thanks for being on the show
2: thank you for having me I'm major caps so i really appreciate you asking me to
0: do this so tell me in a nutshell what is the tuskegee airman career day and why do we tie a career day in with Tuskegee Airmen? Well, in the Air
2: Force, we really like to recognize the contributions that the Tuskegee Airmen have made to, to this wonderful, wonderful branch of the military. And we like to tie that into career fair where we talk to students from local high schools about what we and all the other military branches have to offer. So today we have representatives here from local colleges, from local businesses like Boeing, VA Hospital, and several different squadrons out here to talk about what we have to offer to high school seniors who want to come into the military.
0: Well, we've got other things outside of the military as well, so it's just not about the military. I think just looking around today, to me it seems like This is what's available and what's out there for somebody who might be struggling to understand what's going on. Absolutely, I spoke with a retired chief who's
2: in charge of the Tuskegee Airmen Incorporated and he says that's one of their visions to bring a lot of the children with no opportunity to present them with some opportunity. And that's what this career fair is all about, giving them some opportunities on some of the things, just like you say, other than military, but some of the things that you can do to make your future a little bit brighter.
0: So you're talking about kids with no opportunities or or that don't see any opportunities out there. How important is something like this to them?
2: It's important because we like to model. We want them to see somebody who's made it up the chain, who's made something out of themselves, who may have come from the same background that they're in. When you don't have something to strive for, then you just kind of sit there stagnant. And so we want them to see, hey, you can achieve, you can go a
0: little bit farther than you are. So today's about motivation. Absolutely. 100 percent. So we have different like you mentioned some of the some of the places out there that are uh, that are here and if you hear the noise we're actually outside of our studio we're in the Charleston club right now and there's everything from colleges to Boeing has a booth here to all of these different military career fields that are unique we've got combat camera and you're here with a, you've got a booth here with air medical evacuation so what kind of opportunities are out there for say a kid who who might be floundering and thinks i don't have anything to do after i get out of high school one of the things i
2: like to tell children when you're at the high school and a lot of them haven't figured it out a lot of them don't know where they want to go or what they want to do some of us still haven't figured it out well A good place to go to figure it out is in the military. Where can you go and get the security of having some benefits and get a job skill that can sustain you potentially for the rest of your life? If you're not interested in that, we still have other careers. You know, the VA, I also work full time, but it's an awesome place to work if if you're interested in coming down and doing some federal service. This is just really to give them a taste of some of the things that are out there. We're trying to put it at these children's fingertips so that it will help them make a decision when that time comes.
0: Well, they're pouring in right now. I can see everybody pouring in, and all the kids—they, some of them look really excited. Some of them look a little like I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what to expect. So they just came from a little mission briefing. Their motivational speaker. Tell me about what they get to experience right up front when they come here. First of all, many
2: of these children have never set a foot on a military installation, so that can be a little bit awing for them, you know, to see the C-17s on the flight line, to see the military folks in their dress and going about our normal day. In the mission briefing portion, we we talk about just generally what we do in a day. We talk about reveille and retreat. We talk about the importance of physical exercise and PT. And then at this point, they break into the club and we talk about the different careers, the different things that happen on this base on an average day. They can be a part of all of that. It's just really what they want to do. We want to give them some some doors that they can open and a path that they can follow if they like.
0: So I'm trying to communicate this to the people that are on the outside that might not have a connection to the military. And the big thing I want to stress is this is not just a recruiting effort. I mean, sure, our recruiters are here and they're talking to people if they're interested, but this today is about opportunity. It's about showing kids who might not be in the best positions in life, who might not have good role models and they might not have a good path in front of them and and have no idea what they're going to do or what they're going to be and think that they could end up on the streets like some of their family and friends that they know are going to end up there. So talk to me about that aspect a little bit. Why something like this and putting a mentor in front of a kid like that is so important?
2: It's important because it starts with sending that positive message. Sometimes we need people to talk to. And it is, you know, I, I had a friend say this, I don't care if you're a, a Wakandan, sometimes you want to talk to another Wakandan. And so seeing these people who who look like them, who who may talk like them, may be, may be the connection they need for them to, to open up a door. Uh, we wanna set up, just like you say, we wanna be mentors or role models for these folks to follow, even if they don't join the military. We like to be that avenue or that resource that you can bounce some things off of. We have a group here that's that simply focused on STEM, science, and technology. And so that might be something that a child in here might say, hey, I like math. We want them to be that resource and say, okay, here's what's open out there for you if you're interested in science and technology. But if you don't know, then you might go to another t- table and talk to somebody who's an engineer from Boeing. Just having the connection really will help a lot of these kids move a little bit further in their lives.
0: That's great. So Tuskegee Airman Career Day today. Next month, we have our Women in Aviation Career Day. It's the 315th Airlift Wings, two big community outreach events a year. Is that similar? Talk, talk to me about what's going on with the women in aviation versus the Tuskegee Airmen Career Day.
2: Very similar. We really like to focus on the contribution that women have made to the military community, but we also focus on a contribution that our partners around this community have made towards mentoring our young ladies. It's the same concept You know, if you have a a female who's who's in trouble or at risk, we've had some females here who can talk to them, who can mentor them, who can show them that, hey, you have some other options open to you.
0: And I really like the fact that this shows these kids that are coming in that the military is a little bit different and we think of things a little bit different. Every job out there, they can have it no matter what their background or where they come from. Absolutely. I think the two events are probably
2: the premier for this community and what we do with the community, you know. It's sad yeah, right. that some people outside this gate never get inside the gate, but we'd like for them to know that we are reaching out in many directions to reach our community partners.
0: Chief, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you're chomping at the bit to get in here and talk to these kids. So, Chief, thank you so much and talking to me about Tuskegee Airman Career Day and some of the outreach efforts that the 315th Airlift Wing has. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Wow, Major, that was exciting to hear all of the great information that that program provides.
0: I know, it's such a great program. It actually started as a, a program to take disadvantaged youth in the community and show them what's out there. But it's grown into a program where it, it actually takes kids from all different walks of life just to expose them to opportunities in general. And that was the theme of, of the week, is just, just opportunities in general. Wow, that's fantastic.
1: Move it
0: on. So let's move into our news segment. Michael Dukes is joining us here in the studio. Michael Dukes. We're going to talk all things 315th and Joint Base Charleston related. All right, thanks, guys. Glad to be here to share the news. We've
3: got quite a few things happening this month or that have happened last month. First up, we have two of our public affairs airmen recently returned from A little trip at the winter olympics in south korea
0: yeah that's great i'm actually pretty excited to hear their story listen for a little bit more information about what they've been doing and kind of what kind of things they did and South Korea a little later in the show.
3: Another good thing that we have is our 4th Combat Camera Squadron, who is the newest member of the 315th family. They took home 10 Air Force Reserve Media
0: Contest Awards. And that's huge. That is absolutely huge. These guys are rock stars in our community. I'm such a fan of the work that they do. The combat camera folks are the people in our unit that actually go out and document what's going on in a war or a combat-type situation so that senior leaders will have that imagery and they do such an amazing job. That's it and they are not just
1: holding to South Carolina. They travel the globe on a moment's notice and so it's amazing to see the work that comes out of their
0: shop. So we're extremely happy to have them here in the 315th Airlift Wings and our brothers in arms and Wow, they're already making a huge name for themselves. 10 media awards. Those are national awards for the Air Force Reserve Command. These are best in the Air Force Reserve. So, uh, congrats, guys. Congrats to the fourth combat camera. You guys earned it. They took home more than
3: any other unit in the Air Force Reserve, more than doubling.
0: Nice. So,
3: the other thing next month is the 70th anniversary of the Air Force Reserve.
0: Woohoo! Happy birthday.
3: And our citizen airmen have been serving in times of war or in any major military action that the United States has had since after World War II. So since we were born, I guess. Wow. (laughs) Now we're showing our age. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we also have, in April, we have our Honorary Commanders Program. We have an induction ceremony and orientation coming up, so I'll let you say a little bit about that. So,
0: our honorary commanders program is a—it's a really neat program. Charleston Air Force Base, or in an Air Force base in general, it's a little—it's a little big and a little intimidating, and because we're behind the gates, it's really hard for the community uh, to understand what we do on a daily basis. So, what the Air Force does is we assign what we call honorary commanders. These are key community leaders and influencers in, in the community. And we attach them to a commander for a year or however long they're serving. And we actually make them a part of that unit and make them an honorary commander, so to speak. And this is program's a little bit near and dear to your heart, Bobby.
1: It is. It is. Yeah, we can talk a little more about that, but that is actually my stepping stone into the Air Force Reserve.
0: So a lot of people don't realize that reservists come from all walks of life. And Sergeant Pilch, I actually met him on one of the, on a civic leader flight, and we have one of those coming up. Exactly. Uh,
3: <laughs> so we have a civic leader flight coming up. What about a week or two? And a couple from now, weeks. Yeah. Going to Joint Base San Antonio to see the Air Force Reserve basic training, so our newest incoming airmen, and as well as Brook Army Medical Center, which is home of the Intrepid Center, which for over 10 years has been serving our newest era of combat war wounded.
0: Yeah, and we're actually going to visit visit that, so I'm, I'm extremely excited about this. And to get back at this, to talk about our community relations program and our honorary commanders in general, we reach out and we partner with these key community leaders, and we bring them in and we have a we have civic leader flights and give them a chance to fly in our aircraft on regular training missions these are regular scheduled training missions that are out there anyway so we bring them in and kind of indoctrinate them in the unit and our hope and goal is they take the good work that our citizen airmen do on the base and and take that back to the community for them and a lot of the people that are that are coming on our trip and who serve as honorary commanders are actually employers of Guard and Reserve members. Wow that's such a that's such a huge thing.
1: It definitely is major and it's a great way for these folks to get as we like to say a sneak behind the curtain to to see an up close and personal view of what their employees are doing when they uh, when they have to go and perform their weekend unit training assembly or uh, their 15 days of mandatory UTA or annual tours we like to say.
0: So I like to tell this story it's such it's one of those unique stories Sergeant Pilcher Bobby uh, used to be an honorary commander he was an honorary commander for the active duty and he was uh, at the time a sales manager for Marriott he was invited and went on this civic leader flight with us and he called me about three days after the civic leader flight and said, "Major Caps, I think I'd like to join the Air Force Reserve." <laughs> I kind of, I kind of giggled a little bit and I said, "You, you know that trip's not really the way the real military <laughs> is." Sure. It and is. Uh, he said, "No, no, no I, I completely understand, but I'm very seriously thinking about it." And you were under the gun for the age limit. I was, I was. So yeah, uh, I was going to turn
1: 35 that year, and that would be in, in 2010. And I remember taking my my oath of enlistment in March, and by May, I was on a plane to San Antonio to basic training. <laughs>
0: and it was, you know, when he first talked to me, I said, "You know you're too old to be an officer. He said, eh, it doesn't matter. I said, all right, great, great. That's how I started as an enlisted member. So so he jumped on board and headed off to basic training with all the other, 18 and 19 year old kids who were out yes. there, and he was 35, I believe. One of the names they called you is Old Man Winter. That is true. It was known as
1: Old Man Winter. Uh, apparently, I was the motivation factor for a couple of the younger airmen. They, they, I remember we went through our uh, Beast Week training, and they are sitting on our, on our, on our duffel bags, getting ready to board the bus back to the, our, our barracks. And one of the younger airmen sat behind me, and he said, uh, uh, "Pilch." I said, "Yeah." He goes, "I just want to say thank you." I said, "For what?" He says. Well, the whole week we're out here, I said, man, if old man Pilch can get through it, uh, I, I think I can get through it. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm, I'm glad I could be, be, your,
0: be, you know, be of help.
1: So, yeah, it was, it was, it was very encouraging, and it was, it was great to, be, you know, to kind of go through that
0: experience. So I, I just love to tout that because you're a reservist, and reservists come from all walks of life. And, you know, you still work as a civilian in your civilian job and then take time out to come and be a reservist. So such a cool, unique story, I think. And it seems like just yesterday that little Bobby Pilch A1C
3: <laughs> was in our office, and they grew up so fast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Michael. I, well, I appreciate he was, that. He's, he's
0: never really been little because he's, <laughs> you know, he's about my age, and I, I've been in 24 years now. Yeah,
1: it's well, it's hard to believe eight years has flown by, but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 it's, it's very unique.
0: So, uh, if you're out there and you desire to get involved with as a community leader please reach out to one of the organizations like ours and it's such a it's such a good program to connect key community leaders and decision makers in the communities and and influencers if you will to military members so that we can deliver that message about what we're doing to people in the community it really it helps our mission it really helps people get connected and it's it's such a good partnership. Very, very true
1: major, and, and, and we promise it's not a recruiting tool, so there's no pressure to join or <laughs> enlist. Uh, it's not meant for that. It just happened to it happened to kind of ignite the flames in me because I'd always wanted to serve when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so it, to me, it was kind of the push over the
0: edge. And you but. are the only one that's ever done that <laughs> as far as since the program's inception. So I decided, uh, I think I want to do that. So I just think it's a cool story. Thank you, Michael. That just about does it for our news for the day. You're welcome. So let's roll directly into our next segment and we're going to talk South Korea and the Winter Olympics. We've got a couple reservists and Bobby here was actually one of the ones who uh, went over and helped out with the Winter Olympics and it's such a unique thing for a reservists from Charleston to get to do so I want to bring some help in the studio. Lieutenant Richard Coxum is going to come in here and he's going to talk to you guys about what you did with the Winter Olympics. Hey everybody, this is
4: Lieutenant Richard Coxum. I'm here with Captain Justin Clark and Tech Sergeant Bobby Pilch, who just returned from a recent mission, a special type mission, over in South Korea, supporting the Olympics. We all know that we're reservists, so we don't always get out to do cool, cool things like this, but today we're going to hear a little bit about their story and what they did while they were over there. Sergeant Pilch, Captain Clark, uh, good to have you here with us today.
1: Uh, Thanks, Lieutenant. Glad
5: to be here. Thanks, Lieutenant
4: So. Tell me, uh, just to kick it off, a little bit about, what was that mission about? Why were you guys over in South Korea?
5: Well, so first of all, it's neat to be reservists from here in Charleston, getting to serve globally to support the Winter Olympics. So the Winter Olympics are a venue that, for the nations of the world to come together and engage in friendly competition and celebrate international cooperation. That was definitely the spirit of our mission there. We went to help augment U.S. Forces Korea there that were helping to support Team USA athletes Competing at the Winter Olympics.
1: Yeah, it was a great opportunity. We had the opportunity to work with national media, international media, as as augmentees, and so we worked side by side with with our Korean allies, Korean partners, to pull off a safe and enjoyable Olympics for for everybody there. So that that was that was kind of our key mission and key job, if you will, of of, of being over there.
4: You mentioned working with our joint partners, the South Koreans. Can you give us a little insight on what it was like to work with them?
5: Sure, Lieutenant Coxum. So the South Koreans were very welcoming and very supportive for us being there. A lot of them spoke English, which was very helpful, so the, there wasn't much of a language barrier. They were very professional. The public affairs staff there has been doing their job a long time. It was very seamless, and they were very glad to work with reservists as well.
1: We were kind of the, the new kids on the block, so to speak, in that you know there had been some augmentees a couple of weeks prior, so we were kind of the fresh, the fresh blood to come in and, and help out with the Olympics. And so, yeah, everyone just welcomed us with open arms and ramped us up pretty quickly so we could kind of hit the ground running.
4: You mentioned the word augmentee. For those of us that may not totally understand what an augmentee is, can you kind of give us a simple definition of what an augmentee is in a situation
5: like this? As reservists, we sometimes serve as augmentees, which means that we provide additional manning to active duty when they need it. And so during the Olympics, the U.S. forces Korea were expecting lots of international media and lots of international attention. We helped to support them and provide additional manning because of the additional coverage that they were getting.
4: Uh, That sounds like a pretty cool opportunity, pretty neat opportunity to get out, see the world, and also support... Our active duty partners and uh, helping them out with the support we provided for the Olympics. There were a couple events going on while you guys were over there. Tell us about the Winter Fest.
5: U.S. Army Garrison Yongsan held a Winter Fest, which allowed soldiers to mingle with some of the Team USA athletes, and it was also there were some celebrities there as well. Yeah, we had Rachel, uh, Rachel Platt, right? Uh, Rachel Platten was there. We had Cedric the Entertainer, and we also had Al Roker from NBC's Today Show was there, and that was just an event to allow. U.S. service members and their families to enjoy and support the athletes who competed in the 2018 Winter Olympics.
4: Were you guys kind of s- starstruck, or how does it, what's that feeling, that emotion when you might walk past Cedric the Entertainer? Bobby, I saw you posted a photo with Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about uh, that.
1: Yeah, Lieutenant. Actually, you know, we were very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. There definitely was like a starstruck moment because we were we were in the back VIP room, kind of waiting for them to go out or helping them get to where they needed to go to, and so yeah, it was. It was actually very cool, but I must say that everyone was very down to earth. Cedric did say he had been to Charleston and loved Charleston very much, loves our food, so that was <laughs> kind of cool. But uh, but yeah, everyone was very professional, nice, and it was it was a, just a great event to be a part of.
4: On the different events, the the Winterfest wasn't the only thing you guys did. You were able to go to some of the actual Olympic competition events. Tell us a little bit about that. Did you see any famous people, any gold medal runs, anything like that? Tell tell us about some of the events you might have gone to. Yeah, the let
1: the feel that because we did get to go to one event.
5: So we did. So thanks to some tickets provided by the Korean Ministry of Foreign Affairs, we were able to attend the Winter Olympics. We saw women's alpine giant slalom, so alpine skiing. And while we were there, we actually got to see Team USA's Michaela Schifrin win the gold. It was amazing. Wow,
4: that's awesome. That must have been really cool being in that spot. It's not every day do you get to see a gold medal run or be at the Olympics just in general, but that must have been really cool to see her bring home the gold for the American.
1: Yeah, because we actually got there late. The traffic, it, took, it was a four-hour bus ride due to the demand, so it took us about four hours to get there. So we missed her first run, and we were thankful that we were able to stay and see her her second run, which is the run that she clinched the gold medal. So, yeah, that was really cool.
4: That's good. Tell us about a little bit about the culture in the area. Were you guys able to experience any of that when you're uh, in your downtime from what you were doing supporting the Olympics?
5: We were, and you know, Korea is a very modern country, and a lot of the Korean people who live in Seoul also speak English, which we were very thankful for. We were able to get out, do some sightseeing in Seoul, and Captain Clark
1: was responsible for the uh, for the street food sampling, so uh, (laughs) he uh, he kind of guided the tour on that. And then we were, uh, we were fortunate that uh, some, some of the leadership there took us out to some of the local hotspots spots and kind of showed us some traditional Korean food.
5: So, so one of the things that a lot of folks experience when they go to Korea is authentic Korean barbecue, which is where you have a circular table that basically has a barbecue grill in the center of it, and you lay meat on top of it and grill it as you, as you all sit around the table and eat it fresh off the grill. Typically, it, the meal is also served with kimchi, which is variations of fermented cabbage, and everything is eaten with chopsticks, and it's all delicious.
4: What are you guys doing for dinner tonight? Got me hungry already. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I think I've had enough Korean food to last a lifetime, so I think, uh, I think I'm going to try, uh, try some low-country cuisine.
4: <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that.
1: So, uh, to kind of wrap it
4: up, though, one thing I want to know, and I know a lot of others listening to the podcast would like to know, you went over there as uh, not just citizens of the United States, but airmen representing the United States. Tell us about that pride. How does it feel to represent your country and your Air Force over there supporting the Olympics?
1: Lieutenant, I'd, I'd have to say it's a huge honor. You know, definitely it was a giant bucket list item for me. But, yeah, it, I, was, I was very honored to, to, to be able to wear the uniform and represent not only being a citizen airman in the Air Force Reserve, but also uh, representing my home station here at Joint Base Charleston. And and, uh, it was just a great experience overall.
4: Thank you guys so much for uh, coming in today to the podcast Behind the Wing and sharing your experience there, supporting our joint partners, the South Koreans, uh, and representing your Air Force and your country in the way you did, uh, making sure the Olympics got kicked off, and uh, you guys may help make it happen. So
0: thank you again for that. Well, that just about does it for another episode of Behind the Wing, the 315th Airlift Wings official podcast. And I believe we are the only unit in the Air Force that has our own podcast. So, hey, we're the only game in town. Make sure you listen every month. So we will talk to you next time on Behind the Wing, right here in the 315th Airlift Wing. Everything, everything in my power not to say it. Watch this. This is your man,
4: Young Beefcake, a.k.a. the MRC, the Mr. C, Lieutenant, soon-to-be captain out here pulling the rank on everybody. Make sure you check out the podcast for everybody listening. Check out the podcast Behind the Wing. Uh, it'll be up soon. And when is it normally up? Is there, like, a set where you do it? Well, no, you don't want to say it when you're listening. it's it's up so
0: you just want it what you want to do is just say thanks and you know you can say you can
4: catch other episodes yeah yeah exactly be sure to catch our other episodes